2: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Here we go. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, welcome everyone. It's 11 5,
1: 2016 I want this call to just be on uh, Colin, Ross, and Cook and Drive. Basically, I guess, on foreclosure what uh cook has been dealing with. So you guys gotta have the floor, I'm gonna read it out. Thank you. Can everyone hear everyone? I can hear go. you. <laughs> go ahead. So, cook Cook, go ahead and tell everyone what what you have been doing with. Okay. About in twenty uh ten we rescinded our mortgage. After having a tumultuous relationship with a mortgage company, we rescinded within a three-year period. Uh, we did it with a three-notice system. We first gave them a notice of intention, and we waited 20 days and nothing happened. So we sent them the notice of default and waited 20 days and nothing happened. Nice. We paid up all of what we figured the difference would be between what we had already paid on the property and what we had uh, on on the loan and what they had uh, taken at settlement, you know, the way they're supposed to refund you all your money. So we took all of the money that we had paid and subtracted that from the value of the house and paid the difference over a period of six months. Then we sent them the final notice to cancel. We, we filed federal lawsuits that got dismissed, filed quiet title that got dismissed. When I filed the quiet title action, uh, I didn't add my husband because he was not available uh, to be a, at the court on a given day. So when we went in there, I got originally a default judgment and then. Uh, Six months later, the bank came and reopened, and they opened the case up. When they did that, that was the original lender who had no current interest in the mortgage and stated so when they opened the case. The day after we had the hearing before it was opened, the day after, there was an assignment of mortgage created by my servicer, who was not the original lender, also did not own the loan because in the quiet in the federal court the judge ordered an opinion and he he gave an opinion and an order that detailed the complete chain of title of my loan so when we went for the quiet title i only uh sued the recorded lender because there was nothing else recorded and it's just like i said to the judge if it's not in the record it doesn't happen so when they did that they they put in. Um, they created this assignment of mortgage the day after the the original lender was saying we have no, had no interest since 2007. They created it in 2012, and uh, so I amended my complaint to include uh, fraud on the court and and constructive fraud because they said they had no interest and here they go assigning it the very next day. Assigning the mortgage, so uh, then I got some documentation from the uh, original lender that they had nothing whatsoever to do with the assignment of mortgage dated September 12 twenty or September twentieth, twenty twelve. So, with all this in hand, and the court dismissed my case for lack of jurisdiction because my husband was not involved, and I got some good um, appellate uh, decision on that that they still dismissed it, but they had also, when they originally gave the order to dismiss it, they made a couple of other decisions in the case. And what the appellate court did is they struck all of those decisions because they said they had no right to make any decisions if they don't have any jurisdiction in the first place. So that was a very good decision there, and it has been very helpful to a lot of other people because what I did is I took... The, the um the uh, site for the case, and I looked it up, and I found out that a lot of people have been using my appellate decision in their cases because they were making not only motions to dismiss but they were making other decisions when they didn't have jurisdiction, and that was very good and also because they didn't add the original lender the, the actual lender that's an Uh, what you would call an uh, indispensable party. And if they don't have the indispensable party, the law says they have to dismiss the case. There is no choice in the matter. There's no jurisdiction. Okay. I'm going to interrupt this one thing. You end up putting something against the judge, but go ahead. Bring that up later. Yeah. Go ahead. So before we got the decision back from the court of appeals, before we even got that decision back, we got a notice of foreclosure and a lawsuit for foreclosure because we're in a judicial state uh, to foreclose on our house. And of course, we filed um, what it's called preliminary objections, which is a motion to dismiss, in a sense, essence. And I I quoted the the motion to dismiss was because they didn't put in the original lender there's no jurisdiction they they don't have an enforceable mortgage because we had rescinded the mortgage without objection from the lender within the 3 years because 2 weeks before I filed before they filed the uh, foreclosure action 2 weeks earlier we had to just announce it countrywide case come up, which says all you need to do is file a notice, and it's done. If they object, then the courts get involved. But if they don't, have, they don't object before the statute of limitations, you don't have to worry about it. It's done. So anyway, to make a long story short, with all these motions that we put before the court to dismiss uh, the preliminary objections, with all the objections that we had, because they had a forged assignment of mortgage. No doubt about it. It was forged on five instances. They used a counterfeit note claiming it was a copy of the original note when it was a copy of the original note taken in 2007 and not in 2015. And um, we had the rescission And all of this, and with all of this stuff, and the judge still threw out my objections and made me answer it. When I answered the complaint, he threw out all my answers. So here we have no answers to the complaint and no preliminary objections. And then they filed for motion for summary judgment. Well, I got a lawyer at that case at that time, and of course they didn't even give us a hearing. We filed our briefs, you know, our our objections to the motion. And they just found in our favor. And now we're waiting for the Court of Appeals. We're we're going before the Court of Appeals filing that next week. Now, in the meantime, after he threw out all of my objections, and we got the 1925 um, order, which is a statement. Uh, it's the actual order of the court as to why he... Um, he found the way he did. It's, it's not a an opinion, really, but it it shows his side of the story. When I put in my notice of appeal, they have to, and I, I tell the court what they did wrong, of what their errors were, and then he writes back why why there were no errors. When he wrote back why there were no errors, I took a look at that and realized he did not read a single thing that I had put in any of my documents he took simply the the um, responses of the attorneys but they never read any of my pleadings because if they read and understood anything that i would say which was very clear that there was i wasn't just saying that was a forgery we had the originator we had the party that that's listed on the assignment mortgage saying they had nothing whatsoever to do with it. They did not order it. They had nothing to do with it. And we had um, uh, other things there. So what I did is when he wrote that back, he didn't even use pertinent case law. When he put in his opinion and he wrote down the case law, the case law did not correspond with anything in my documents, anything within my defenses. So I went and I wrote a judicial conduct complaint because, number one, he failed to dismiss the case because of lack of subject matter jurisdiction. When I had a court opinion from the federal court stating what the chain of title was, and they totally ignored it acted like it didn't exist, because it would have shown that the assigning party had no interest, and it would have shown who the party that did have interest was, and that party was not included in the foreclosure. So I sent in a judicial conduct complaint, and I'm waiting to hear from that. I imagine they won't do anything on that until my case is finished in the Court of Appeals. And so that's where we are. On Monday, we have to file a notice of appeal because it was very recent that we were uh, uh, decide, that they decided it was in late October. I think it was about the 19th. No. Did you a reconsideration
0: yet?
1: Yes, we did. We have not heard anything from them. And actually, we did hear something from the, the plaintiff on the motion for reconsideration, and they, they objected to it. They said the judges already considered everything. And there's nothing new to to reconsider. Well, the judge if it, did not
2: consider everything. Huh? Obviously
0: the judge did not consider anything. Not nevertheless everything. He did not consider anything.
1: Exactly my point. Which was why when so I so in did your
0: yeah, in your reconsideration you box them in with, with the law and Exactly, that's what I did. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm very yeah, I'm very good at <laughs> writing yes, things no, like no. that. No. And no. He, no. and and he just totally um has not responded yet. I am very anxious to see what his response is, considering when I filed the uh, the uh judicial conduct complaint, I sent it to where it's supposed to go, but I also sent a copy to the public um what do you call it? The bar association in the county. The head of the bar association. I also sent a copy to the judge in the case, and I also sent a copy to the head prosecutor for the county. The, the what do you call it? The district attorney. None of
2: them would.
1: Well, I they can't do anything because let's, that's handled by the Supreme Court. But that puts them on notice that this guy's dirty.
0: Well, it sounds like you're uh going into, you know, uh the fourth quarter or at least the second half, you know. Uh and you have to just keep on pursuing it. Um and the other thing is, did you do a re- uh, did you try a um a rhythm and dame a uh, what am I thinking of, A uh, interlocutory appeal?
1: Yes, we did. And what they else? threw it There's down. Interlocutory
0: appeal, huh?
1: They threw it down. They, they just said it's it's too it's too it's uh premature there hasn't been anything there's decided
2: there's no he, order to be mm-hmm.
1: so that they said that because that it's not dispositive when they rejected my my preliminary objections if they had accepted them, then the city mortgage could have appealed, but because they found in favor of the plaintiff. I cannot appeal on that until the motion for summary judgment which just occurred
2: mm-hmm.
1: so and in my in my motion for reconsideration, I also put the failure to join the actual party in interest, and I put down my own case law, my own case law that I got from the other court when I appealed the last time. They didn't add everybody that they're supposed to have in the case. There's an indispensable party missing, the party that actually claims to own the mortgage, not the servicer. It's Fannie Mae. And and besides which, I rescinded my mortgage. Timely, within the three years, without objection. But I got an ace in the hole. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Do you think that I got enough to win this case? <laughs> First off,
0: yeah, you're gonna have to do a forty-two, nineteen eighty-three. 1983 obviously. take take the evidence that you have, and also you need to file a um, a um, judicial complaint against the judge, obviously. Um, and you you know make it You're gonna have to make it political, obviously. And send it to all the supervisors
1: oh, yeah. oh, yeah. and the head.
0: Does, you've done all that.
1: Well, yeah, I got the judicial conduct complaint. I'm not a mandamus because that's ta- not time yet. That's not time okay. yet. But the thing is, is in case you think that forgery uh, and it's and it's like a certified forgery. I mean, <laughs> we've got documentation in two different courts that it's forgery in the court of in the in the uh, quiet title action. We've got a documentation from the original lender that they never assigned anything.
0: Yeah.
1: on that date that had nothing to do with that assignment.
0: But have you tried approaching it from the angle that you're there to protect your, your, the, the interest of the original lender?
1: Well, not only that. Well, I'm there to protect my interest because I rescinded what, I what? it. I right. own it. But I'm using that as, first of all, they had the original lender listed in black and white on that assignment of mortgage And they said they had nothing whatsoever to do with it, number one. Number two, the judge in the federal court said that the assignment to City Mortgage happened on uh, June 23, 2007, not September 20, 2012. So here I got a court order saying that. Plus, I have a court order saying that Fannie Mae was assigned that mortgage on June 26, 2007, and never recorded an interest, neither one of them, at that time. Now, the other thing is if forgery isn't enough to win this, if failure to include an indispensable party, is not enough to get it dismissed. And if rescission is not enough to get it dismissed, I got something else up my sleeve. When they go in and get an order to put my house on the auction block, I am going to make a deed in lieu of foreclosure, but I'm not going to make it to City Mortgage. I'm going to make it to my second. Lender who I have a relationship with, and they can say there is in the record a rescission. There is not in record any objection to the rescission, and they were given a mortgage one year following <laughs> the notice of final uh, the final notice to cancel. So that it was after yeah. the statute of limitations.
0: Has your had your limitations, uh, your statute of limitations ended on your rescission?
1: Yes, yeah. the one year following the rescission.
0: You didn't file an action against them.
1: No. Well, see, that's what the federal court was for, but that got dismissed.
0: So right. So you did file, or you did file a, an action against them for failure to within a year period of time.
1: No, I waited.
0: After a year.
1: Yeah, because you, if you do it within a year, they can come back and ask you for all the rest of the money, which we have already paid. But yeah, the thing yeah. is, we had, we had filed one. My husband had filed one. But then he, we dismissed it and refiled again because I wasn't in there, and there was just a lot of stuff that was screwy in there. So we, we refiled everything all over again, but that was one year after.
0: After you filed the, re- after you gave notice of rescission, let me let me share something. A lot of people don't understand the rescission thing.
1: Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead.
0: Well, the, the the key here is that you all you need to do, and and this is a recent Supreme Court case. All you need to do is file notice. Okay, I heard you say. Something that didn't sound like you just noticed you sent a notice of default, but it didn't sound like you sent notice of rescission. It sounded like you sent notice. What did you say? I sent
1: notice of intent to cancel on April 30th.
0: Okay. And now is that what they're calling, uh, is that notice of rescission or is that a notice of
1: intent? The law says all you need to do is file notice of intention to do so. And that's what that was, a notice of intention to cancel.
0: I don't know if the wording is right or not. I have to find out if your wording was proper or not to make your decision proper. But the fact is is that they only have 20 days in which to bring an action or return everything. If they fail to, that's when you have one year after they fail to bring an action. So it's one year after they fail. Well, it's one year after the 20 days. But, um, see, the
1: judge didn't say that. The judge says you have to file the lawsuit within the three years.
0: No, 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 no. You have to file. It within yeah, but nine I know years. that
1: he's wrong, and the and the Supreme Court says that he's wrong. But that's what the judge said. So that's. Well, well, the we point.
0: have a problem all over. There's several states that are not honoring the the um, the federal decision, the, the 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 Supreme Court decision. They're not. They're not honoring it, which is. That notice is that's it. It's done once you get notice. It is done in law. It is rescinded. They, they, they don't have to pay it. They, there's other courts that are still trying to say that you have to you have to pay up and all this other, which is absolute bullshit. Because what what it is, they're required by law. Once you do the rescission, they're required to return everything. Then they have, uh, I believe it is, I can't remember whether it's one or two months, but they, I think it's one or two months after they have returned everything, then they can come get the house if you have to turn it over to them. If they don't show up within that period of time, I think it's three to four weeks, they don't show up within that period of time, they can't can take
1: Yeah, you, you can either tender the money, followed, but that doesn't start until after they send you, you the money right. and, and the and the mortgage and the note.
0: Right, exactly. But then they don't do that. When they don't do that, then they've waived their rights the challenge the rescission. That's it. It's done. It's over. It's complete. Now, the rescission is a matter of law. Once you gave them notice of rescission, I'm, I, I have to look and see. I'd have to see your documents to see if, if it was done properly or not. Has anyone said that it wasn't done properly or are they just ignoring the rescission?
1: They just ignored it. All
0: right. Well, um, have you heard anyone? Has anyone looked at it and said, you know, I'll look at it real we'll quick if you want, send it to you by email. Uh, to Congress 6 at gmail.com. But if you look at it, you have to make sure it's a notice of rescission, not necessarily a notice of intent unless that's the wording, uh, that the proper wording that's used. But my understanding is notice of rescission. I actually did two things. When I did my rescission, I gave them the quote-unquote common law, which is I rescinded my signature off of old document, and I rescinded, uh, I rescinded the uh, notice of rescission. Not of intent, but notice of rescission. Um, we have an
1: interesting. We let me let me interject something here. Sure, we sure. have an interesting situation in Pennsylvania. We have a state right of rescission that's exactly like TILA, exactly, but it's extended to four years. Okay. Now that final notice to cancel that I sent was within the four years. And we had a right under the state law because we didn't go into a title company. We did everything from home. So that gives you the opportunity to use the state law. And that means, uh, and when they were foreclosing, the lawyer came back waving this final notice to cancel and he says, well, this is a rescission, but it's not within the three years. Well, he wasn't thinking straight because it was within the four years under Pennsylvania law.
0: Well, my understanding from all the reading and studying I did on this is that the rescission is valid the moment you say, technically dropped it in the mail. Uh, if it is a notice of rescission, it's done. The rescission is done. Now, your ability, uh, your right to sue under TILA is only good for one year, but that does not mean...
1: No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, wait a minute. The right to receive damages under TILA is right. only for one year. Right. Now, you can sue for rescission for a quiet title later.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: The no, no.
0: rescission is valid. Yes, you're absolutely right. The rescission is valid. You have one year under TILA to sue for damages for failure to, to, to act accordingly <laughs> in the rescission. But that doesn't mean that, that the rescission is not valid. No, it's still valid, period. That's it.
1: hmm Yep. Yep. Yeah. And because I had him admit in, admit in his paperwork in the foreclosure, that my rescission final notice to cancel in December was perfectly valid. But he said it was too late. He wasn't thinking of state law.
0: All right, let me ask you another question, because I've seen this in a case, what happened actually in that case. The Supreme Court case went back down to lower courts, and they lost that case. And the reason was because their attorney opened up the door to allow question of proof uh as to whether they had the right to rescind or not. Once that twenty days has passed, none of that is relevant and you just move to strike it not relevant.
1: Exactly. You know, he, he,
0: you know, by answering it, you've opened the door. Right.
1: right. Did you he, Did
0: you did you did you say or put anything in writing as to re, as to the validity of your decision, yes or no? No. No. All right. Yeah. Okay. Because that's how they lost that case. Because once they answered, acknowledged, or did anything, and just and failed to simply say, "Look, uh, uh, that's your uh, your materials because the 20 days is gone."
1: Right. They tried to bring that up in the fe- in in the foreclosure. To I said the precision. And my attitude is this: when they start attacking the precision, they have no right. It's done.
0: It was done 20 days when they failed to make it. Now, let me ask you this. Who did you you send the notice of decision to? Did you send it to all interested parties, including the one that's bringing action now?
2: I
1: had the only two parties that I knew about, Mortgage IT and City Mortgage.
0: All right. And at the time, the note was allegedly held by by which one, though?
1: Mortgage IT, but they really didn't. Until I sued, I didn't know it was owned by Fannie Mae.
0: So did you ever send a letter of notice of rescission to Fannie Mae?
1: If they got the final notice. Fannie Mae but, did get the
0: final notice of your rescission. Yeah,
1: Fannie Mae, MERS, City Mortgage, you know, all of them. They all got the the, the final notice. But hmm. I knew nothing about Fannie Mae owning my mortgage, even, even – I said – I think I might have even sent it to Freddie Mac because we had no way of knowing, but somebody said, look, you have to put them down just in case because we didn't find out Fannie Mae owned it until I sued in federal court. Then they admitted they, they owned it.
0: But did Fannie
1: Mae admit that
0: they had received notice uh, by one way or the other or had knowledge of your notice of rescission? Yeah. Huh? Yeah,
1: they had notice. They had notice because when we sent in the first one, the first page said, notice to agent is notice to principal.
0: Principal, right, okay. And so
1: notice they had... to principal is notice to agent.
0: Right, now have they made a claim that they were not properly noticed or anything like that, that they didn't
1: notice
0: get a notice? they never claimed that, nope. Well, then I, don't, I don't see how they can... Other than the fact that this judge, which is typical, is completely corrupted, uh, they got no late to stand on. It's done. It's finished. It's, it's, it was done the moment that you said it. Maybe 20 days passed by and nobody did anything. The only other thing is that if they say that they didn't get noticed, but they're not saying that, so... It, oh, no, they had
1: copies of everything. They brought them to court.
0: Okay, so then it's a done deal. What they know.
1: Exactly.
0: Well. Are you filing in federal court then?
1: No. What we're going to do is we're going to file an appeal in the state court because we mm-hmm. have the uh, the foreclosure. And uh, like I said, we, we've we got to do through the appeals. And we're just going to hang in and see what happens. And if they, they do try to sell the house, we will change the, t- the title to my other mortgage company.
2: Okay.
0: Wait, why would you change? No, 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 no. You can't change the mortgage to another title company if it's already been rescinded. It's done. It's over. It's complete.
1: No, this is not the same mortgage. I had another mortgage.
0: Oh, on the same house?
1: On the same house, the second mortgage. But actually, okay. it's the first thing
0: be, that was, Is that the one they're foreclosing, under is, is it the second mortgage? This is a separate,
1: is a separate one. They also didn't add that mortgage company to the foreclosure, and they're supposed to. But because we're because of the way we're going to do this, this is going to give them a a, a a actionable title where they can go and quiet the title against this other bull stuff. Because they have, like I said, they had notice of the decision in the in the in the county records. I filed wow. all of the papers in the records. The original notice, the final and the final notice are recorded. There is nothing in the record of any court action, any lis pendens for uh, objection to that.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, um, have you tried? Have you thought about doing an injunction? If there's, you know, and and re, and basically in the injunction, uh, raising all the issues point blank uh, as required in an injunction, um, and re, and require at the very least until this is resolved by a higher court. Uh, to do what I did in a you, know, you know, status quo. Um, and, uh, and again, raising your issues. You're, what you're trying to do is get away from this one judge. It sounds like and we find this in many, many states is that there's oh, he hates
1: one, me. He hates yeah,
0: me. that one judge has no business hating. Have you tried accusing him?
1: No, I think I'll keep this one because I think the appeals court's going to ream him on a new one. I really well, it sounds like
0: everything is okay. The only thing, like I said, the only thing I'd like to see is your notice of rescission.
1: Oh, it's because it two pages.
0: Okay, because there actually is a sample of a notice of rescission on the internet. I wrote my own, of course, but I made sure I had the elements that were in there um, mm-hmm. for it. Sometimes if you're missing an you know, element, but. They haven't made an objection. They said that it wasn't a good notice. and I don't see how they haven't laid the stand. They, they
1: had all of the notices, and they said that the final one that I put in was an actual notice of rescission. They tried to say the other one was insufficient, the first one, because it okay. not mentioned to cancel, but it was still timely. But he didn't realize that when he admitted it was a good rescission.
0: Yeah, if he admits that it was a good rescission, then, then, then whatever date that he, had, he admits to having received it, then to speak, and that's when the uh, you know the statute of limitations under the um, uh, the the uh, PILA, uh your right to to sue for damages uh, expires within one year after that. But that does not mean that you can't, as you said before, you doesn't mean you can't sue for quiet title because it's a, it's a you know you may not get damages from them for failing to perform, but uh, that doesn't mean you can't sue um, for quiet title now.
1: Not there's only that, also, but in Pennsylvania, there's something that's called a theft of of personal property. And if it's over a certain amount of money, that's a felony. And in this case, they stole, and their, their uh, definition of theft includes this situation where they have my documents, and they are keeping them from me, they no longer belong to them. They have been rescinded, and they are using them to steal real property, which is another mm-hmm. felony. And I have put in the uh, judicial conduct complaint. I had made him party to all these felonies that they have doing. They are doing, including the the felony of for of uh, forgery, and mm-hmm. and the theft of real property and the theft of personal property.
0: Yeah, a lot of times they don't. None of that matters because this. That's criminal, and that would have to come under a retail. Um, so that's, you know, yes, you can lace it in there and say this is the, you know, further evidence, but that's well, not Well, see, I'm link. trying to
1: get him off the bench, and that will do that. Yeah. See, when you're filing a complaint against, uh, for judicial conduct complaint, you're doing it on, on judicial conduct, and you're showing that he's a felony, that he's participating yep. in a felony.
0: Yep,
1: absolutely. that's three after the fact. And accessory during the fact because he's cooperating with them while allowing them to present this forgery in court to try, attempt to steal property and encouraging them to keep the property following a rescission to keep my my uh, my uh, mortgage and and note that's real prop that's personal property theft you know what I mean
2: Oh
0: I do.
1: So I mean that, there's, that, that was that was part of the damages, uh, the part of my complaint against the uh, uh, the judge.
2: Right? File a Title 18, Section 4. Pardon? File a Title 18, Section 4 against the judge to get him off the bench.
1: Yeah, well, this is like I said, this is a state court judge. It doesn't matter.
2: I think it be a state court or federal court. You still file a Title 18, Section 4.
1: Yeah, I could do that.
2: Mr. President of felony because you're telling this judge that uh, you are aware that he's committing a crime and you have a right to notify uh, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. the authorities uh, yeah. that he's committing
2: yeah. a crime, and, and you're looking at uh, four years in prison, $10,000 or both.
1: Well, actually, what I charged him with was under state codes, and it's more.
2: Well, you got a lot of things, too. Carl and I talked about this, too. You look at RICO also. You know, this this, this all ties in. you got RICO. you got got uh, Title 18, Section 4. you got a whole slew of Title 18 charges against this guy. Uh, you're recusing this guy off the bench for. Uh, we, we filed an affidavit of bias and prejudice. We got judges off the bench in Ohio.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Got a lot of, um, you got a lot of ammunition uh, that you have that you can use.
1: I know. I know. Well, this judicial conduct complaint that I got is so far loaded that um, when I was talking to uh, Mr. Kelton about it, he was telling me that he's just, he just. I read it, to, I sent him a copy of it. And uh, he was really tickled to He said, you know, every judge in that courthouse is going to go see this by 5 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> because it was so straightforward and powerful. Yeah, well, the,
0: the, notice, the, the, the thing uh, the the you can make known to some judge any way you want, but obviously you, because you want to make a record. But I would make it known to a federal judge, some good judge, some judge that's well-known, to be honorable, and make notice uh, that of, of the uh, misprision of felony that you're, and and, and it's real simple. Uh, you you have knowledge. These are almost the exact words. Have knowledge of a crime that's cognizable of a forty-nine states, and then you would list what it is: forgery, etc. Um, also, failure to recognize the law such as it's written. Um, that was the FBI. Uh, theft of property. You also have conversion here. Uh, a lot of the same things <laughs> we have with these tax, these unlawful tax sales. And then you, you're making the uh under felony misprison, so at least you're laying your foundation uh, uh, of your work right there. But that, that I would get that in right away. And then, um, uh, yeah, I still would. Uh, what about an interlocutory uh, interlocutory appeal? You said that they wasn't that you couldn't do that because it wasn't a final decision yet.
1: Well, well no, no, yeah. we're going my to we're filing the appeal on Monday.
0: Okay, my understanding. No, okay, what I'm getting at. Is while you're still in the lower courts, you can do an interlocutory appeal. An interlocutory appeal would be a matter of law only on a specific thing which would settle the matter. So when you look at the fact that you could, that the judge is required to impose the law the way it's written and he has failed to do so, you do an interlocutory appeal to get the higher court to address this law. Is the law clear or not? That's all the that an interlocutory appeal. It's a matter of law. It's not about the uh, evidence. It's not about anything else but a matter of law, once that, once the interlocutory appeal uh, is, is processed properly, which means that the judge is gonna go well, yeah, that judge, the higher judge is gonna go well, yeah, the law says that, and you know, you're required to abide by it, uh, and then it comes back down to the lower one, and since in this particular, it does settle the matter because if, they, if, 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 if it's been rescinded, number one, um, and if it's a forgery, on the, so you have two, two reasons there, then that means that uh, the issue is settled right there because they can't they can't do anything more. That's well, it. They're done. Well, it's worse
1: not. than that. It's worse than that. This case could be decided on a simpler matter, a failure to join an indispensable party. They cannot rule it. on anything else until they rule on that.
0: I totally agree. But that's what an interlocutory appeal is. With that yeah, that's even simpler. But you know, throw them all in there make it. Remember, you're making your record, making your record, making your record, so that when you do your 42-1983, you can show, hey, we gave them all the warning, we gave them everything that's possible, we gave them every opportunity, and these damages are just going to go up by the millions of dollars for every single one of these things that they're failing to do. And you're going to go out to the state and show that there's a a pattern of activity there which constitutes a policy of the state to allow their public, you know, to allow those servants, their agents, to do this kind of ridiculous behavior, not abide by the law.
1: Right. So, yeah,
0: you've got a case. You just handle it properly and just keep on going. But make makes you, you know, create your evidence. The other thing that, that uh, um, um, Steve says, too, is that you send it to everybody. You send it to the supervisor, the supervisor, states, the supervisor, secretary, the attorneys, all of them, everybody you can possibly think of to make it kind of like a political thing is what he calls it. Put, put it so that their ass is on the line because now you've made them known what their lower asshole judge is doing.
2: Oh yeah.
1: You see that's where the when you file a judicial conduct complaint in Pennsylvania, that goes mm-hmm. up to the Supreme Court. That's a division of the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And well, it's I'm being Well,
0: yeah, but that's a judicial complaint which generally their policy on that is to completely <laughs> ignore them. So what no, you no, 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 do is, no, no,
1: no, no. This is not like a bar complaint. In no way. This has to be reviewed by a whole panel. Every one oh. is them re- reviewed by a whole panel. They take a very when serious did you,
0: when, did you, when did you file your judicial complaint?
1: Uh, let me see. I think it was in September. I'd have to look at my calendar. But, what is uh, their
0: general time when they have to when they have to do something about the uh complaint?
1: Well they well no, 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 no. This is still in the investigation site. What they do is they take huh. the complaint and then they investigate. It's not a a, a matter of where they adjudicate the complaint I wrote. They right. write their own complaint based on my information right. complaint.
0: But they always send you back. With, there's still a time period which they're required to send you back what their investigation has either revealed or not revealed.
1: No, they they review everything, they told me.
0: Right. They okay. said I would
1: I would be getting a, a letter from them.
0: Well, it sounds they, like you have everything in hand. Huh? I mean, I know you're smart. It sounds like you've got everything in hand. And you've already got them admitting, uh, as, as I as I suspected, though they did make say that the original one was not satisfied, satis- did not have the elements necessary for rescission. But the fact that they've admitted in writing that the second one, the final notice, apparently had the elements necessary, that's a done deal. And they also they, they had admission admits that they knew about it. So not only did they
1: know about it, but they didn't object.
0: Well, exactly. Uh, nobody brought an action. So it's a done deal one way or the other, it, for all the reasons you said, not having a dispensable party. But that, it, once you do that, you're actually uh, saying that there's some validity to the indispensable party, but the rescission is the rescission is the rescission.
1: Exactly. It's done It's over with. But the thing is, they don't have jurisdiction to hear the case in the first place.
0: Well, that's what your injunction is going to be. You're going to do an injunction against them because uh the it appears that they're gonna to try to do things that are completely unlawful and that's it. That's what an injunction is for. You're gonna be irreparably harmed, all the things of an injunction, you know what they are, right? Right. Okay. You're you're gonna be irreparably harmed and it's a matter of law and you know, da 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 So those are all your things why it's necessary uh to get an injunction against them and I think you might even be able to do a federal one with a forty with your forty two nineteen eighty three. Well
1: the plan is after we get that, we know that we'll get them to dismiss this case in the higher court. That's not a problem.
0: Okay. So it sounds like you're doing great. What's the problem? Well,
1: our intention, after we get that and they have to dismiss the case, when, when it goes back down to the lower courts and they finally dismiss the case, we are going to turn around and sue all of the attorneys. I am fighting, believe it or not, three different attorneys. That they have from from different different companies that that they're representing uh, the one party. So why do they need two different law firms? You know what I mean?
0: Oh well, that's another issue too. Who's making an appearance on behalf of of the uh, the alleged party? Yes, yeah. good question. So why why are there other parties when when the party that's oh uh, yeah yeah you you just keep, keep track. Make sure you get copies of everything, certified copies. My attorney's working
1: on it from the idea that as soon as we get this done, we're going to sue the judge. We're going to sue.
0: Yep.
1: We're going to going to sue all of the other things. We're going to do a RICO action. Oh, yeah. Mm. We're going after all of them.
0: Yeah, but do the 42 instead of the RICO. The RICO generally, I mean, yeah, you you can lace your. It's just my opinion, obviously, but lacing your um, 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 42-1983 with a RICO action and then send it to them to see if they prosecute it. If they fail to prosecute, then you do your RICO. Uh, One little piece of helpful information that we found was keep a track of the record because you'll find that, as you said, you found out that they didn't even record it or whatever they didn't put in it, but you have a copy. So what you have to do when you find a situation where the clerk here of the court's doing this kind of shenanigans as well, is what you do is you, you file it, you get a stamp copy, and then you come back the very next day and you get a certified copy of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And re- the reason for that is that when you get into federal courts, you can show that this is it's prima facie evidence and they cannot resist it because it's their own record. That's why they're trying to not get it in the record. But when you have a certified copy and you go back the very next day, if some people say you can go back in a couple hours and request a certified a certified copy from the court with a, and I even get mine notarized, and I get the little gold red uh, the gold seal raised seal as well. It's an extra right. dollar, right. but it's really worth it. And what it means is that when you have that, and you put it into any case that you have, they cannot reject it. And you can also now require them to take judicial notice of it. Right. So it's right. a real powerful stuff. You've got certified copies from them, which makes it. An a, a self-authenticating document, and uh, and they can't they cannot say no, and you can also now you can put it into a judicial notice. Yeah. So those are just little things. It sounds like you got everything else under hand, but that's, that's about all I can say to help out. I mean, and and like like uh, Le, Le says you know that felony <coughs> in this prison is always useful.
1: This is what.
0: The felony the misprism of felony is very useful because what oh, you're yeah. doing is oh, you're yeah. oh, I yeah. crimes that are I mean I am now. I have knowledge of a crime that is caused to the United States. Right. Yeah.
1: Well it sounds like you're doing great. Yeah, well I, it, it's nerve wracking, but thank God I've got a good attorney who is I had been training him. <laughs> yes, well, keep, your, for keep, your on, keep
0: your eye on him. are slippery little bastard.
1: Well, I've uh, I've been training him. Uh, he's he's a young fella, okay. and I I've been uh, feeding him information, feeding him case law, and uh, then when I needed him, he was willing to come on board. But he had been I had been keeping him apprised of my case. He's been okay. watching my case so.
0: Now, is he representing you or just helping you?
1: He's representing me now.
0: Okay, so you can't file anything and you can't put anything in the court record
1: yourself. Oh, 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 here's something else I forgot to tell you. When we did our rescission, uh, we also changed our deed to be in our family name so that the mortgage is in the name of our corporate person. And our deed is in the name of the living person.
0: Well, there you go. That's excellent. Good call.
1: So when they filed for foreclosure, they did all four people. Mm-hmm. And I told my attorney, you're representing the corporate person. I'm representing. our. We are presenting ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: So this way, I can throw things into the court, and so can he. And this is driving mm-hmm. the other guys nuts.
0: Oh man, it is. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. I'd love to see. If you get a chance, to send me some of that stuff. I'd love to love to see what you did with it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll send you some stuff. But yeah. I just got a letter from him too, from the other ju- from the other attorney, not my attorney, the opposition, and it's actually addressed to Joshua, who is my attorney, and he says, "Would you tell me if." If you're representing the, Orman, you know, if you're re- representing these people or not, because you're still putting in this, you know, they're putting in documents that he doesn't realize there's four people that he sued. <laughs> he
0: well, here's, to here's, represent are, are
1: all four
0: are all four of those? Well, you've got what two persons and two people? Yes. Okay, so are they on there? Are you on there? Are are all are the both people and both persons uh, as defendants in this foreclosure? I mean, yes. is it on the caption? Okay, so he's an idiot. Okay, so the, <laughs> yeah. what, I suggest, what I would suggest, is when uh, when your attorney answers him, say, "I would be glad to do that upon," the key word here makes it conditional, upon you, um, evidencing that you're representing. Um, whoever the claimant is. So you I turn guess. it back on. So you, you you get the attorney and say, I'd be glad to upon you confirming that you're working for them. Otherwise, uh, I'm not giving you any information. You see, so now he's going to put the shoe on the other foot. He's going to have to show, and I guarantee he's not, because you already know he's not, right? Yeah. Boom. So there you go. There's a perfect opportunity for the attorney to file back to him and say, Oh, I would be I would be glad to share with you that that private information upon knowing and verification that you are in fact representing the other party. That's it.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> Bingo. All right. Yeah. Well sounds like you're doing wonderful. Is that the end of the call now? <laughs> Can I go get a sandwich and spank myself or whatever it is we're supposed to do?
1: <laughs> I don't know, That's, that's I am.
0: <laughs> that that's Russ's deal, man. I mean, isn't that right, Russ? Hello, oh, right. Russ. That's right. You know, crazy. Just, yeah. When Russ is silent, that means that you're 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 speaking the truth. Because if he's got something to say, he'll jump in, won't you, Russ? Oh yeah,
2: oh, yeah. I just got just got thrown off the balcony. i back. Just came back up on on the roof. I'm I'm okay right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, that
2: trampoline on the other, on the outside of the back of the oh, other. Yeah, big old swimming pool. I threw myself off the balcony. Yep. So, I guess that
0: trampoline came in handy, huh? Oh
2: yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, if there's nothing you guys need for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I gotta. I'm I'm falling asleep on my feet right now. I'm gonna actually go out the car and take a nap. This this thing is going on until ten o'clock.
1: Um, it was good talking to you again, Colin.
0: Absolutely. You have my email, right? Sleepmonger6 at gmail dot com. Wait
1: wait a minute. Let me grab my pen again. Make sure I okay. got it. Okay. What is it?
0: T-R-U-T-H
1: T-R-U
0: T as in Tom Truth Tell the damn truth Monger M-O-N As in Nancy G as in George E as in Edward R as in Richard Monger
2: Truthmonger M-O-N,
0: Truthmonger6 Don't forget the number 6 At gmail.com com. Okay yeah, I'd love to see, and make sure you send me the rescission notice as well, and anything you want to send me, particularly what you filed, so I can look at it.
1: And oh, either you're, you're, pick asking it apart. For, you're asking for a basket Well,
0: that's <laughs> okay, unless you want to put it on a cloud or something. Yeah, because, see so what I do, there's one or two things. Either I pick it apart and send it back to you and say, hey, you know, maybe, and, and, and always improve, we can always improve most of the time, or I'm going to go, whoa, cool, thank you so much. I see, oh, yeah, oh, I like that, oh, thank you, you know, it's so or a bit of both. If that makes yeah.
1: sense.
0: Yeah. I don't dis- I don't disseminate anybody else's stuff without redacting it first. And before I would ever share it with anyone, I would send a redacted one to you and ask you permission.
1: Okay. Now, do you can you redact on on uh, um, PDFs?
0: Um, no, usually what I have to do is I have to convert it into Word. If you have a way of converting it into Word, it would be so wonderful. I don't, I, I don't know why people do PDF. I can't stand it myself.
1: Well, it's because not everybody has the same word processor. And <coughs> when you open something in a different processor, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's .doc, it doesn't show it the same way.
0: You know, make sure it's not doc X, DOCX, D-O-C-X, because then you can't do anything with it. Yeah, a lot of times you can't open it. But if you do, if you go to the 1997 version. So oh, yeah, you go the dot
1: .doc, now. yeah. But see, I use ODT on everything, so I would have to convert it to a .doc first.
0: Okay, that would be wonderful, because then, then it can be used, and, you know, I can make notes on it and send it back to you, and, and we'll highlight and do well, stuff. Well, everything's
1: already been, like I said, everything's been submitted to the court already. Right. And, I got that. Uh, and uh, we're just, like I said, the only thing that we're waiting for now is uh, we're going to be sending in the notice of appeal and my attorney is going to be handling that. That's, okay. that's what he's paid for. All
0: right. Well, it sounds like he's got it going on.
1: And uh, I, as a matter of fact, I may be doing a lot of the, um, the, action, the, no. the, the appeals brief. I will give him... Uh, a start on it and then he would be able to uh, add to it or yep. whatever. But but basically, that's what we're doing. you know?
0: Yeah. All right. Well, fantastic. And the only reason I say that is a lot of times people think they've, they've got all the elements in there and they might be missing some elements and there could be something similar. I mean, I I try to share mine with other people that I trust first so that they know mm-hmm. oh, you're missing this and you're doing that. You know, um, mm-hmm. And that's fine because, I, you know, we learn. And if it's really great, then we know that there's an example that we can share
1: uh, um, with other people. You'll be wanting to share this because people have shared.
0: Okay, awesome. I look forward to it, though.
1: Thank if you not, so much. And yeah. I'll send you the judicial conduct complaint. But that is going to have to be in PDF because I don't –
0: I'll tell you, I
1: had a problem. And a lot of the stuff I, I'll send in PDF because a lot of my doc. doc and yeah. got ODT, I got yeah. my uh, computer got uh, a a Java worm, and it encrypted all of my files. Oh, and I was only able to. They wanted several hundred dollars to get the encryption key, and I'm saying I'm not paying you a dime. <laughs> you know what I mean? And oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, that's a lie. Uh But did, are you saying it did invade and, and corrupt your documents?
1: Oh, yeah. I couldn't open a single thing. Every document, every picture, everything. And what I finally did is I had saved some to the cloud. I had saved, sent different ones by email to different people.
0: Okay. And Here's what you want to do with those. is what you, a real simple thing. What you want to do is open it under a different operating system. Those files are not corrupted. They're still there. It's only your the, the uh, program that accesses them. that's It's a lie they're telling us. It's just a pop up really it's a pop up window is all it is, and it's, and is they, yeah not uh, yeah, and they set it as a, as, as a um as the uh, primary, but all you need to do there is is get another um uh is, are you on a hard drive is is it a um it's a laptop a, yeah But it has a hard drive it's not a uh a, 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 what is it called a um i just got one it's a um, Flash. hold on a second i'll think of it it's a um, Circuit, uh, hard. What is it called? It's a hard circuit. It's not. It doesn't have a spinning wheel.
1: What am I Right, of? right, right, right. Solid state.
0: Yeah, solid state. I have a solid state now. Is your solid state or not?
1: I have no idea. I don't think so.
0: Okay, it probably isn't. Um, so you can get those. Those files aren't. They, they don't. As far as I know, they don't have anything. It's just accessing it and lying to you. So you can access it with a different program and. Um, the way you can if do I that, would have opened
1: them under Linux, I would still have them. All you
0: have there, they're uncorrupted. What it is, is it, 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 it's a little mini program that tells you that they're corrupted, but they're not really. And all you need to do is come in, what I did in, with the old computer, now you have a laptop, I, I get that, but you could run, if you have an auxiliary um, 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 disk drive, you can have Windows or even a program on it uh, you can go back and do a DOS on it, and you can actually copy paste all those um, uh, files as they are, just under under uh, a regular old um, you know, anything to wake it up, so that you can go ahead and, and transfer them. And then you open them up under a different system. That's all you got to do. It also renamed
1: know? every single file. Do what? It renamed every single file.
0: It renamed them.
1: It renamed them. It, it put dot, uh, crypto or something, or encrypted or something like that.
0: And what happens when you try to open it that way?
1: <laughs> you can't. And then when you take, if I, and I tried to rename them back and tried to open them from that way, and you uh-huh. still couldn't.
2: Yeah, I was going old. freaky for yeah.
1: a while. But I was able to, to access from, like I said, I had sent out other documents to other people who were keeping yeah. track of my who were yeah. keeping track that's, of that's
0: pretty, yeah that's one of the reasons we do that send it to each other so we always have a copy in case we get corrupted
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, I was uh, not only that but I've been backing everything up to a flash drive and it happened to be that the flash drive was plugged in at the time and all of those files got corrupted
0: so you do have it on the flash drive
1: huh you have them
0: all on a flash drive, and you're saying it renamed those. Yes. Well, that's fascinating. What, just because you're saying you because it's renamed, you can't open it up. Right. All right. Well, I, I'd have to physically be there.
1: Where are you located again? Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit far right now, but I have somebody else in Pennsylvania. I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll ask around. See, see if there is anything. Have you tried your um.
1: I released the, uh, all of my documents uh, that were, you know, I was able to get the PDFs back from people right. that I had sent them to. All right. Okay. But as far as the other ones, the .dot. docs, they were down yeah. beyond, you know, salvation. Unless I had sent somebody a .dot. doc, that was the only thing. But
0: yeah, you, you believe it or not, it, it's probably still there. Um, it's, it's. Just you're, you know, you're unable to access it with this particular program right now with that with that program in there. Um, I'll, I'll ask around, but yeah, send me what you got. That'd be great. Let's do that, and then uh, I'll I'll ask around and and see if there's somebody who have you tried the any of the uh, the antivirus things to re, redo everything or no? Have you got your computer clean? Oh, yeah. Mm.
1: I, I've tried. I've, I've got that here, you know, on my uh, machine.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, because there are some places, I'll talk to some people, see what they know about this virus. I'll explain it to them, though. Yeah, I'm sure they have it a sem- something.
1: Of- that, it came in an email, and it said my package is being delivered, and the delivery information is in this, you know, is attached. And without thinking, and I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see it was JavaScript. I thought it was a PDF. And I went to open it, and it just went nuts. I knew it as soon as I did it, what happened.
0: Oh, dear. No All right, my dear. It was really great talking to you. And uh, really great hearing your voice for a second or two, uh, Russ. Um, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I really do have to go take a nap, because I'm just falling apart here.
1: Yeah, the funny thing is, is these people asked for, uh, uh, they, you know, they were holding me hostage for Bitcoin,
0: yeah, well, see, yeah, that's the, virus, that's the virus I was talking to somebody else about, and they were telling me that that that. But if you opened it, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to speak with it. I'm not real familiar with it, but other people are. Let me let me ask around and get information before I open my mouth. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you later.
1: Okay, Colin. Bye.
0: Bye. Diane.